Sarah, I'm dying to know. Last week, we did a segment called Grossly True at the end of the podcast. And I'm dying to know what was grossly true. So first of all, go over the options and then I'll make my guess. I know, well, we did a little social media poll today too. So I know what, that our audience kind of agreed with me, with my thoughts. But oh. go ahead and tell us, tell us the three options and I'm going to tell you which one I think is the lie. Okay, so leading into our recording, it was, it was kind of an up and down week. Um, so the three options for things that I had done within that week, one, eat brownies for breakfast, two, uh, what was it? Wear my onesie two days in a row. I think what number two, I think was the, was order 36 pounds. Oh yeah. And order 36 pounds of flour. So I did two of those three things within one week. Um, so what's, what's your guess Sarah? Okay, so my guess, and I know there were quite a few people on social media who thought this was the guess too, was their guess too, was the 36 pounds of flour. No way, was man. The- I ordered 36 pounds. You did? <laughs> yes. I finally was able to find it. And so I'm like, forget it. King Arthur all-purpose flour, you are mine. Yeah. Even though you had, okay, even though you had already all that like <laughs> no. chickpea flour well, and almond I had flour alternative and whatever flour, the hell I really needed to round it out with, you know, wheat mm-hmm. flour because you can only oh. do so much. Yeah. So I think you left some of us with the impression that you don't eat gluten. I, I, I just couldn't find the all purpose flour. Right. Yeah. Right. I tricked okay. you. <laughs> you totally tricked me. Okay, what were the other two options? The brownies. The brownies. And the onesie for two yeah. days? Yeah, so the brownies, okay. I will say, were made with almond flour because I have a surplus of that. So you. So that was true. You so had that brownies was true. for breakfast. I had brownies for so breakfast you, and coffee, You didn't of wear a onesie. You didn't wear the onesie for two days. No, I'm actually wearing my onesie for the recording of this podcast, just in honor of... <sighs> I'm going to show you for a second. Oh, yes. Mm. Whoa. Okay. Tree I have pockets. to describe to you folks. Uh-huh. Okay. So uh-huh. like it's, oh, it's a onesie that doesn't look like a onesie. It's like perfect mm. for Zoom. Well, it's like from the, from, what, from my angle right now, you look like you're wearing a hoodie. Okay. People, okay. People at home, it's black, right? It has a little logo like on the chest. Like it's not the zipper. There's a hood. It looks like a hoodie. Yeah, but it has this low crotch, and I'm not allowed to wear it more than one day in a row. Um, plus, I, I'm not just not allowed <laughs> no. to the rules of the true household. Yeah, if it were up okay. to me, I would wear it every single day. But no, that quickly uh, became a rule in our house. Two days in a row is well, no go. Okay, and to my point of like that, it looks like a normal hoodie. Like you, I don't see your crotch during <laughs> during the recording. For anyone who's like wondering at home, like why that, like, it's not that kind of a Zoom call, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why you look. To- you could totally pull this off yeah, on any kind. You of guys call. need to pay extra for that. Um, <laughs> but I will. I will sometimes sneak out of the house and like go to CVS in it or you know so the pharmacy um I realize you're Canadian you may not have CVS or walk the dog in it and my better half is totally horrified that I would go out in public in it yeah I think it's okay this this morning my daughter left and she was going to Costco with her dad and she fought really hard on wearing she has like a onesie that's a manatee 
Mm. You know, has mm-hmm. little. It's, it's mm-hmm. pretty cute. It's a blue and gray, and uh, she loves it. She wears it, and she like it makes her feel secure somehow. I can see this is like it's helping her survive COVID nineteen right now. Like he's got a name, Messenger Manatee. So anyway, so she, so we like fi- I like was like you should get dressed. You should really get dressed. And finally, I'm like fine. Just put on underwear underneath that thing and go to Costco in your onesie. <laughs> it's fine. So. I'm glad that a nine-year-old and I I have, you know, similar fashion sensibility. Mm. Mine's not Mm. animal themes, though, unfortunately. Right, right. That's just that you have the grown-up onesie. (laughs) Yes, grown-up onesie. (laughs) Okay, coming up the show, we are going to talk about Feisty Happy Hour. We have a great voicemail from a listener about race directors, Jan's Indoor Ironman, the PTO Hub and what that is, and the importance of dogs. Hey Sarah, what's yes. what's that in your hand? Oh, I'm um, I'm drinking a nice uh, cab salve in this evening's recording. Oh, How about man. you? What are you drinking? I have some noon rest because it's nine o'clock at night. I'm ready to go to bed after this. Well, at least one of us is going to be well rested and hydrated after this recording. We are so grateful to Noon Hydration for their sponsorship of this podcast. And if you want to get 30% off, you can go to noonlife.com and use the code IRONWOMEN, plural women, as our sister podcast. You can use that as a code and you will get 30% off your next order at noonlife.com. I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. First up, Sarah, it's it's all on you, just like it was last week for your happy hour. I'm I'm curious how it went, what your what your thoughts were. Yeah, I okay. So we, for anyone who doesn't know, at Live Feisty, without in partnership with the Outspoken Summit, we've been doing Feisty Happy Hour, which is usually Tuesday and Thursday, but sometimes Wednesday and Friday at 5 p.m. PT, and we've been having like just like random people from our community with expertise in a variety of areas just come and chat and we ask questions. It's like set up like a and a So it's super relaxed. Um, a lot of people do actually bring, bring beverages. Uh, and so we had about, I don't know, probably, I can't even remember, like 30 odd people on this call. Um, and we just talked about like, basically people could ask me like, what the hell are you doing? Like, how are you building a media company? How is that working? How do you get paid? like what's happening over there. So that was actually really fun just to find out like what questions people had and um, yeah, and share that with them. So it's been going well. And I've had like a lot of like we had today's Wednesday we're recording on Tuesday. We had a sports psychologist come on and and she talked and lots of people like we had a big turnout for that. Um, just talking about like dealing with uncertainty and how as it goes beyond like races being canceled and um, this shit really starts to hit the fan, like how we're all coping. So, um, yeah. So feisty happy hour. Anyway, that sounded like an ad for feisty happy hour, but no. it's actually been really good. And I think that like, as time goes on, we're going to need it more and more, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I find myself really wanting to connect more, you know, online. <clears throat> 
So ha- and having the the visual of an actual person on the screen, it makes a big mm-hmm. difference. You know, definitely you should have asked the sports psychologist, you know, whether it triggers the same part of your brain that being next to somebody in person would do, um, seeing somebody on a screen. I'm curious. Yeah. I will ask her that. I just yeah. went for a run with her today. So I will oh, cool. ask her that. Um, cause we were talking a little bit about that same thing about like connection on screen. Like she was talking about doing counseling sessions mm. on like on zoom and how like a lot of times a, a counselor will read the body language of the person. And now it's like forcing, um, the p- counselee, <laughs> I suppose, to actually state how they're feeling um, because the counselor can't kind of read the situation as well. So she was finding like she's asking people more and more to actually put words to their emotions rather than um, just seeing them. So that that was kind of interesting. Um, and I think that's probably true for, I don't know, for a lot of us just connecting with. Do you have people that you do happy hour with? Uh, we have weekly phone calls with with parents, so like oh, yeah. family. So my parents, and then Ben's uh, parents, and his sister, and her husband. Um, but yeah, nothing really on the schedule. More more impromptu uh, beyond that. But just having something on the schedule every week makes a big difference. Yeah, totally. I agree. I have my first, um, my first couple like happy hours with friends that I would normally, you know, you like, sometimes you don't see friends for a little while and then it comes around and you're like, Oh, I miss you. And then, but now I can't reach out and see them. So I have like those kind of things actually on my calendar now. So that's really nice. I need to start getting into that. Yeah, totally. And Sarah, we had a great voicemail, uh, this week from Holly, Um, who works in, who actually works in marketing and PR as well. So she had some great things to say about race directors. Hi, Sarah and Sarah. This is Holly Bird on the voicemail this week. Longtime fan of Live Feisty and a fan of If We Were Riding. I think you're both doing a great job in this uh, strange moment in time with the podcast. So keep up the great work. Um, I wanted to offer some commentary that I think could probably be slotted in under the grossly true segment and uh, totally pertinent to this podcast. But my line of work, uh, just for some context, is marketing and public relations. I specifically work almost exclusively in sport with races, events, and sporting leagues. And of course, due to the C word that shall not be named, um, the past six weeks have been extraordinarily hard, Uh, obviously, especially um, for the sporting industry. We've taken a a truly massive hit. Um, What has shocked me Um, as the um, inevitable cancellations and postponements announcements have been made is just the overwhelmingly negative response um, that we've received from athletes, uh, people um, very upset and frustrated, people demanding their money back, um, a group of people starting a petition to get their money back, a class action lawsuit in one case, and this sort of kind of abhorrent behavior is not just in the small mom and pop races that I work with, it's also in some of the big ticket, big brand races. And I just feel truly overwhelmed across the board that we're seeing such a a horrific response from athletes. A group of people typically I think are like fairly level-headed and even keeled and certainly driven. But I guess what I wanted to to share and say is that in my experience over this past six weeks in in dealing with all of this PR stuff, and it is overwhelming and it's scary and it's sad, but 
for athletes out there dealing with race cancellations and postponements, I, I really just encourage you to be kind. Um, the people that are working these races are typically not wealthy. They're not making uh, boatloads of cash. Um, most of them working in sport are doing so because they're passionate about it and they love it and they want to provide these really magical experiences for people. So I know we're all dealing with stressful times and disappointment, but I, you know, just think about it before you um, go off on a rant or you know, get kind of up in arms about your race. Like We all feel sad, scared, and disappointed, and I just encourage you to be patient and, and be thoughtful and be kind. I think that's something we could all use right now. Thanks so much, you guys. So I really appreciated Holly's perspective on that, just in terms of like giving a bit of a longer rope to race directors and understanding where they're coming from. Because I guess, because you run a camp, right? Well, so I was, I was definitely appreciative of that call because, you know, normally I've always been the consumer. So I, I definitely empathize with the, the consumer in this case. Um, like races are not cheap times are tight financially, but, uh, I've organized an event for the summer that I've had to postpone until next year. Didn't even get around to marketing it. It was going to be a gravel triathlon camp up Northern Vermont, but you realize once, once you have things, uh, like you have to, you have to secure a lot with money in advance before you ever even take any money from, from, uh, potential um, participants. So for me, right. So like, like do you, what kind of things, what kind of expenditures do you have ahead of time? Uh, so, you know, working with a graphic designer, working with, uh, the camp themselves, putting down deposits and you realize that you can't get that money back a lot of the time, you know, it's paying for a website, paying for all these things where I would love to be able to get back. I can't as an organizer, um, you know, in, the case of a race it's magnified because you have all the different vendors you have to pay for permits for you know police for all these things well in advance like a year or two years in advance so it's really it's it's a hard situation because you understand where people are coming from uh that they want that money back but they the race directors just can't give it back because it's mm -hmm. been spent yeah yeah. Now I I know outspoken summit. You you probably have a similar situation because yeah we were super. So we don't know our summit's usually in November. So we don't know whether it's going to happen. Um, and we just just the timing of it worked out really nicely for us because we hadn't opened registration yet, so we hadn't taken any money from people, um, and we had made some sponsorship contracts, but we hadn't got any money from sponsors yet either. Um, also we had venues reserved, but not paid for, um, hotel, uh, we were like already starting to work with hotels and talk to them, but like there's, there was just no, there was no money down and no money taken in. So it leaves us at this like ground zero level, but I recognize we were super lucky. Like I, I have put myself in the shoes of other organizers of events and gone, what if we had, like, what if we had either laid out a ton of cash that we can't get back or taken in a bunch of money that we can't give back because we had to spend it all on the venue where it was already gone? So I definitely um, feel for race organizers. Although when this first started, I have to say, I definitely did a like a financial snapshot of myself. Like, how is this going to how is this affecting me? 
right? And when it was actually whether or not I could continue to support some of the businesses that the local businesses that I would normally be part of, for example, my CrossFit gym, right? Like I want my CrossFit gym to exist when, when this thing ends. Um, so can I afford to like continue to contribute to that? Like he's giving workouts every day and continuing to do some community stuff. Like, can I help support that? And so I think I was able to take some of the things like there were things I had put money out for that I wasn't going to get, um, because of this. And there were other things that I, um, that I think I like, what would you say? Like I benefited or I got back money or, you know, like for example, a way we all benefited gas, gas prices, Mm. like suddenly a, I don't go anywhere in my car (laughs) and gas prices went way down. Like I just literally saved $200 a month on gas. (laughs) Um, (laughs) like just, so I think like there's like, I definitely did like a cost analysis of this to see like what my financial needs were going to be moving forward. Um, and yeah, I think in the end I did decide to like continue to support some of the things, um, that were important to me locally to, to support, but that's because of the position I'm in. If, you know, if I had lost my job completely, um, I would definitely be making different choices. So I feel for the people who are like, I want my money, like I need my thousand dollars back that I laid down on this Ironman. But, um, I also feel for the race directors. So, yeah, it's, I think a lot of it just comes out of, um, you know, fear and uncertainty. So, because we have lost some of the control that we used to have over our worlds, it's one way you feel like you're exerting control. And it mm-hmm. no, just it's it's an interesting way that our brains process things. I mean, it's um, it's not dissimilar to the people who uh, will will, you know, Corona shame. <laughs> so, for, yes. for example, my I was I was at the the co-op buying groceries and um a woman in line behind me got really upset because the cashier wasn't wearing a mask and just started kind of lashing out at her and i had to check myself you know, like lady you know this is the cashier who is risking her life for mm-hmm. not very much money but i didn't say anything you know letting letting her have her moment because you realize that her reaction was totally out of fear. And, you know, once, once the cashier was able to explain herself that it had, it's, it's optional. I, I choose not to wear it. Um, because you know, it, I, I don't feel comfortable wearing a mask all day, interacting with the public. You know, a lot of the time we, we lash out and whether it's a race director or the cashier out of, out of, you know, fear, out of un- yeah. lack of no- knowledge and it's you know it's not great but i don't do you think the onus is on the race directors to explain where the money has gone and that they just simply can't afford to refund athletes what what's the correct solution i don't think I'd, i don't think i'd call it an onus yeah. but i do think that open communication can help these Mm. kind of situations like that's why on the iron women podcast one of the first things we did was look for a race director who was willing to tell us like what are all the moving parts in this um and why are why are these races not being refunded um 100 refunded uh and so i think that's 
I, I think open communication helps. Although like, like you say sometimes, like no matter how much open communication, like how, when the cashier explained her comfort level around not wearing a mask and why she was choosing that, then how did the, how did the woman in your story respond? Like did, was, was then she open to that communication or was she still agitated? She was less agitated, uh, but she was still agitated. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it was probably the kind of thing where she went home and started thinking about it and hopefully re- reflecting that her reaction was not against the cashier. It was just a reaction against the situation at large. Yeah. And one thing that's for sure is like that woman who's reaching out, like her life probably has a lot of really shitty moments right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, otherwise you wouldn't be like, so I, I feel a little bit of, um, what do you call it? Like empathy for that. Um, because in order for someone to get to that point of anger, like they're not really in a good place, especially at something so small like that. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, interesting. So no, it was, it was, def- it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable to say the least. <laughs> yeah. We, I think we've all had a few, like I've had a few experiences of people like running and people scurrying off the trail in a way that's like, I'm not running that fast. <laughs> like I wasn't going to run straight into you. Don't worry. Like practically clinging, climbing trees and stuff, you know, we've all had some of these like uncomfortable or someone who like, they think you got too close to them and will shout like six feet or whatever to like, I'm pretty sure that was six feet, but okay. Like I don't have my measuring tape with me. (laughs) That's right. Like I could have dove into the lake to get like, to get out of your way, but, (laughs) but thanks for the input. Um, I think we've all had those kind of like little moments. And it's also like, I, I take those things as always a reminder too to like how I'm behaving on the other side, like what my biases are. Right. And how I'm expressing those biases to other people or, or choosing to stay quiet and not be the person who um, gets becomes judgmental. Or... Oh, it took a lot of self-restraint for me not to defend the cashier because I felt a little a little feisty. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sarah, this is not your battle. <laughs> right. Right. Like I think because we're all just like very slightly amped up anyway. Like in the situation, like the supermarket's like suddenly like this, like something could tilt in one direction and every it's like suddenly like a fist fight over toilet paper. Like I feel like it's like Mad Max Thunderdome, you know? Yeah. It's like if I actually get toilet paper at my store, I haven't seen it in weeks. Really? Not a single roll. We're down to three rolls. Oh, oh man i know <laughs> you need to start thinking about backups here i have plenty of flour though don't worry okay <laughs> you can, it's like, oh my god this image just came to my head like you know like babies and b- baby powder bums like that's <laughs> that's where i went with that so ben, ben's like don't worry we can always just <laughs> sorry snorted. we can always just take showers <laughs> <laughs> that is so gross. <laughs> so gross. Thanks, man. Oh, well, Thanks. <laughs> we can save that one for our segment later. Truly gross. <laughs> no, that's not coming from me, though. <laughs> it's not coming. You're just throw, you're just throwing Ben under the bus. Totally, absolutely. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah. And then the, the races that are on, though. Um, there are some virtual races happening. Um, Jan did an indoor Ironman. Yeah. I, never, I didn't see that. Did you? 
I I did not watch nine hours of Yan. Well, I guess it was under nine. Um, but like I I paid attention to what was happening. So basically, long was it story just short, him? like was it straight up like Jan Ferdino? Yeah. So nine hours. It was okay. a fundraiser for uh, the local hospital in Girona. I and I think he raised you know quarter million euros. That's amazing. Had these incredible yeah. raffle prizes. Um, we'll see if I get one. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't expect anything. Um, and it was super professional. So he had, yes, it was Jan in his house. And of course he has like this incredible pool that is, has jets so he can swim in place. And then like perfect setup with his, treadmill and his kicker and the screen on Zwift and everything. Uh, but the entire time he was, uh, he had a race announcer, um, first of all, which is pretty impressive. Yep. And then had all these guests basically, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, where, where they would join him, uh, for a conversation or for riding. And he had scheduled times throughout the, throughout the bike and the run, I believe, um, with different people. on Zoom, like were they virtual guests? Yeah, virtual guests, and and we're talking like fancy pantsy people, like you know, pro cyclists and all those you know, fancy people, um, fancy pantsy people, okay. fancy pantsy people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it just it seems like it was a pretty successful fundraiser. I give him so much credit because for an athlete of his stature to leverage everything at his disposal to raise a quarter million euros. Mm -hmm. It's really commendable because there was a lot of work that went into it. Right. And would I do it? Mm, Well, I don't think I could raise a quarter million euros um, and have like, there was a DJ and everything. I mean, it was, yeah it was legit it was legit how Um, did so any and he actually had to do a full ironman like so how did he how did he do the run was he on a treadmill Treadmill. was he running laps okay yeah treadmill yeah great like that would be i mean i guess if you create enough fanfare and there's enough happening around you and there's cameras there then maybe that well that keeps you going (laughs) motivation wise so i i wouldn't necessarily be excited to, but there was a good reason. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, if, if you have a really good reason to do something, it's, it's easy to stay motivated. He was yeah. also incredibly fit. Um, probably wanted to use his fitness, realizing that there wasn't going to be a race anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool of him to do. Now I did, I did have somebody ask me, uh, and it gave me a lot of food for thought. You know, if a female athlete tried to do that, would it come anywhere close to it? And I just, I think it's not even about gender. I think probably Jan Frodeen is the only person in the world who could create an event of that magnitude um, right. in, in the sport of triathlon. That's interesting. Yeah, because I, I think it's more about the... Like it's more about the audience and the fanfare and like the ability to like rally the troops yeah. as it were around a cause. Like it, it's totally about the athlete. Like you have to be at least of a certain 
level. Like the fact that he's a world champion and an and Olympian helps, um, Olympic champion, but like it, it certainly, I guess it helps more than helps. It's, it's totally a big part of what that is. Um, but yeah, it's also the ability to like rally the troops and have a team that's, that's rallying on your behalf too. Um, yeah, well, a lot just, of factors. Yeah. I mean, he, everything was, I would say the, the work went into it was equivalent to putting on a very high level race. Um, mm-hmm. Just the number of contacts he and his team had to draw on to make it happen. It was, it was a significant amount of legwork for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, kudos to him. That's yeah. great. Have you thought about doing any of the uh, Ironman virtual races? So this is, you know, the mere mortal equivalent for pros um, because <laughs> not all of us have Jan's, you know, production team. So yeah, yeah. right now well, there's... you have to live feisty if we were riding production team that's so that's true that. that's true we can like if you do an iron man vr race we can talk about it after on the podcast so it's it's basically the same in my depressing basement that gets very poor circulation <laughs> i would probably that probably would not be good for my lungs but that's and i don't even have i don't have one of those pool things the water's way too cold here the ice just melted this sim- no sarah no we're shutting that down <laughs> Yeah, okay. but there but there still are race options right now for triathletes. And I I haven't done the Pro VR competition yet. Uh Zwift just started a race series today. So we're we're talking on Wednesday, uh the 15th. And it seems like it got really good turnout. You know, the upside to the Zwift Pro races, it's it's invite only and um you can have a huge field for the race. The downside of the Ironman VR pro races is that it's four men at a time, four women at a time. Right. Um, it's, it seems like it was a really fun dynamic race. Uh, I couldn't make it because it conflicted, um, with other things I had to do this morning, but yeah, I, I think athletes are looking for reason for ways to compete and channel that competitive energy. I think it's great. Um, you know, I, I would like to know from a spectator standpoint whether people tuned in, what they thought. I know uh, Matt Lieto was doing the commentary. So they're they're trying to make it engaging for, for fans. It's definitely a great workout for, for athletes. I would be open to either. Um, there's also a rumor, because we all love mm-hmm. rumors here, that... Sarah's scratching her chin right now. She's just like stroking her <laughs> chin. As, just for our audience to know. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's for you. It's for you. <laughs> There's a rumor. My imaginary beard. Um, <laughs> uh, that PTO and Zwifts will put something together. So we'll see if it comes to fruition. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, that we'll could see. be interesting. I have no idea any of the details because... I may be on the blacklist for, uh, for PTO. <laughs> PTO blacklist. Do they have a thing? They already have a blacklist. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They're mad at me because I decided to speak my mind. And yeah, I guess that wasn't appreciated. Like little mm-hmm. tears, little, little tiny violin. If we want to insert that into the audio. <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> <laughs> violin. Can we have a violin noise? <laughs> oh no, it's sad trombone. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. we definitely have sad trombone in the like 
in the like vault of sounds <laughs> the live feisty media sound vault yeah. sad trombone exists just a mini um, one though like i don't need a big sad trombone just a little one um right okay so yeah aaron thanks yeah so i i appreciate the fact that these different outlets are trying to provide opportunities for athletes and they will we'll see what happens with the Ironman Pro VR. We'll see what happens with Zwift. Uh, there's a new release coming from PTO, I think, tomorrow called PTO Hub. You probably know more about it than I do. If by know more about it, you may know <laughs> one or two things about it, then maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, I got an email today from the PTO about the PTO Hub because I'm a media outlet and I got um, like one of the we're one of their media partners. And so I guess I, I honestly I can't really tell. I'm super curious how this is going to um, roll out. So it sounds like they're trying to the PTO, the professional triathletes organization is trying to put um, content into some kind of a like an online folder if you will i don't know like a google Doc, like a google docs file <laughs> um and and like media media outlets can then use that content i guess like i think i'm just a little bit confused on why like because as a media outlet like when we do interviews for iron women when we talk to people like like our thing that we do here with if we were riding has like if we were riding vibe like we can't just shove in a random update from holly lawrence right like that doesn't really work like if we were going to talk to someone we would intentionally talk to them like we've talked to kelly before or whatever um so same thing with a lot of the ways that we talk to people it's in our voice and our vibe and our thing so i'm just not really sure like whether am i supposed to use the same video clips that like triathlete magazine uses and someone else in australia uses like you know i i don't know how um, I'm curious. Like, I like the idea that they're trying to get connect the pros to the media more because that sort of makes sense um, right now because the media is struggling for stories because there's no races and the pros are struggling to get their faces and names out there because there's no races. So there's some logic to it. I'm just, um, I just don't know what it looks like. Yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully have more answers this time next week. Um, yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out what it's yeah. like. So is it... Is it a platform for athletes to upload their own stuff? Is it PTO-generated content? Who knows? Who knows? We will find out. Okay, we'll keep our audience. We could just on that speculate one. wildly. We, we could. <laughs> We're good at that on this podcast. My wild speculation on this is that they're going to put random video interviews into a like into a some kind of online folder like i said and i'm gonna struggle to use them for anything so, so you think okay because that's interesting uh reading the email because i did get that email i i okay i did get that much um okay so you're not that much blacklisted i'm not that much like blacklisted. micro blacklisted okay. it's it's all in my head let's be honest <laughs> It's an imaginary blacklist. Uh, maybe not so imaginary, but that's that's a different story. Uh, so I thought it was more a place for fans to see a bunch of content about pro, pro athletes. And oh. it's, yeah, I don't so know. So because I got the letter that said like, hey, media partner, here's what we're doing. I assumed it was like for the media partners, but y you make a good point that it might not even be at all. It might just be for like fans of, 
triathlon to watch content. Well, we'll see. I, I'm guessing it, it could might be. be that. It might be both. Yeah. It, it might be unclear and it will get figured out over time. Okay. So my okay. question is, if it's because we live in the current you know social media landscape that we do, if athletes already have their own you know channels to engage with fans is it potentially if you are a high profile athlete uh say like a a lucy charles who has an active youtube channel and has monetized it would she want to provide her content to pto i don't know since we don't actually know what the content of the pto hub is again wild speculation interesting it also depends how she's monetized it right so if she's monetized it in a way that's dependent on how many views it gets so like oh right see what i'm saying on youtube right yeah yeah so if a sponsor's like you get a hundred thousand views or you get two hundred thousand views we'll pay you more right good that's the case then she wants to disseminate that (laughs) then lucy hypothetically speculating wildly wants to. it was just a random name i mean yeah it was was just so just so folks know that this isn't actually lucy's business plan and i don't know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but like if if she wants like a bigger audience and that creates a bigger return for her but Uh, if she has paid for that um and it's somehow like her sponsors are paying her a set amount right then she might want to keep the keep control over the branding and how that's pushed out mm. and it might be just for her fans it might just be a whole different business model basically so i don't know yeah we'll find out maybe mm-hmm. maybe maybe yeah. we won't maybe we will we'll have to pay attention to find out so oh. that'll keep me on my toes yeah if anybody has some wild speculations they want to share let us know we're all about yeah, this. Send us, send us a voicemail. You can send it to Sarah, S-A-R-A, at livefeisty.com. You can send a voicemail about any of the things we talked about because we love getting your voicemails. Not even related. If that's just <laughs> Right. Just If you want to tell us about your day, do it. Yeah. Anything at all. Anything Bring it at all. on. Bring it. <laughs> okay. I had another topic, but I'm going to save it for next week. Oh, I, I, th- I thought we were going to pivot into... Speaking of random things. Okay, that's okay, we will. We can do it. We can do it. Speaking of random things. Our new segment, Speaking of Random Things. Um, if to understand that joke, you have to listen to last week's episode. Um, this week on, on Instagram, Sarah asked people to share pictures of their dogs, which I completely understood needing a... Um, a little dog, a little doggy love right now. Or cats um, but like or what, any pet. Pets, pets. Just pets. But what I was thinking about, <laughs> I was actually thinking about this right when I saw your post. So like, I've actually been reflecting on this. Like, I think during this whole COVID-19 thing that we're a little more isolated and probably our pets have become more important to us in terms of company and I don't know, just being just like a loving thing in our lives. Like, has your dog become more important to you during this time or not more important that's probably not the right word but like have you appreciated your dog for sure because my dog gives zero shits about coronavirus and that's really refreshing (laughs) he's like my people are around a lot that's cool you know they seem a little bit stressed out so i'll let them cuddle with me i've definitely noticed that i will try to spoon the dog 
Um, he's 136 pounds, so he can handle it. Um, you have a big dog. Like, oh, he's he, he's massive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my my husband will I'll occasionally catch him trying to to spoon with the dog. So I think we all are needing a little comfort, and there's just something about you know the simple joys of a pet. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I found that. I ha- I gravitate right now towards on Instagram towards photos of food and animals. So that's kind of what inspired it. I'm like, you know what? Maybe other people are really into animals right now. And I just want to share a whole bunch of animal love with everybody. Yeah. And yeah, I think were, you like they were really into it and I loved it. Like it was it was legitimately the best 24 hours I've ever had on Instagram although Ben had to keep on yelling at me to stop looking at my all the photos of dogs because I tried to respond to everybody who sent me a photo um and it just it made me so happy and gleeful I felt like a kid just looking at these photos of random dogs and I'm sure there's some people actually I know for sure I I lost a few followers that day (laughs) But you did whatever, whatever. I you can lost, You it. think that you lost them because they were like too many dog photos. You're cut off. Oh, legit. So we we <laughs> really? we actually looked at the the. There's uh, a bad people anyway. I'm sorry. I just gonna. Say I don't know. Right but we looked if at you the, unfollowed Sarah because she put too many dog photos on. Come on. We were we were curious, um, and I've never looked at like the metrics before of Instagram, but we were curious what happened, and mm-hmm. I had a net negative on that day. And Ben thinks it's just because I went too crazy with reposting random dogs on my story. I have no idea. If you unfollowed <laughs> me out there, can you can you call and let us know why? Why you hate dogs and you have no soul? <laughs> <laughs> Not that we're biased or anything. No, we'll, no. we'll take in your point of view just <laughs> completely at face value, <laughs> you psychopath. <laughs> Oh man. So what, what, why do you think that having a dog around, or I mean, you don't have a dog right around right now. I don't, I've actually like, I've actually have been missing my dog a little more. Like we had to, I told you before the show, like we had to give up our dog because he didn't um, adjust to condo life. um, And he had like, he had some anxiety challenges and I had to find um, somewhere where he could be better taken care of than here um unfortunately but i i definitely like with having my daughter home and it's often just the two of us in the house um i can see where having like having a pet would have been um even i thought i was like could i handle a cat maybe i should get a cat right now because like just having something else especially for her i can see how it affects her emotionally um and that's like that was one of the reasons i got the dog in the first place uh was because my daughter's an only child and um, just having like that extra presence in the house and like was, did actually, was actually meaningful for her, um, on an emotional level. And I could see it, her shift when, when we got him. Um, so yeah, we've been missing him a lot. And I think probably, I think there are probably a lot of people out there really appreciating their pets right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it is amazing how it makes you feel slightly less lonely actually this is mm. this is another story about Ben. So I've been the one to go out to the grocery store to I'm teaching my nieces, you know, I'm having more frequent conversations with people over Zoom and everything. Like, hey, Ben, 
I am the only person you see. The only person you see. Aren't you lonely? Mm. No, because I have Buddy, who's our dog. So Buddy's like, I have two people in my life. One is actually a dog and one's Sarah. So I think that it, it fills that companionship void that, you know, he's he's all good. He has all yeah. the contact he needs between the two of us. Yeah. And I think and that's probably always been true that it, it that pets can fill a, a bit of a companionship void, but that we're all just kind of realizing it hmm. right now. <laughs> pretty hard, pretty hardcore. Um Okay, after the break, I don't even know how to pivot from there into this next, so good thing we have a break coming up. So we're (laughs) going to take a break, and then we're going to do a a segment called Truly Gross. We grossly, as in, in a big way, and truly want to thank our sponsor, Noon Hydration, for supporting If We Were Riding. If you love us, or even kind of like us, or maybe just like our content... You can make sure we grow through our Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash live feisty. And also make sure you talk to us on Instagram at if we were riding. We love talking to people on Instagram, especially on the stories. If you want to send us a voicemail, record a voice memo on your phone and send it to Sarah at livefeisty.com. That's Sarah with no H, me at livefeisty.com. And remember the I comes after the E if you're feisty. We also love reviews on iTunes and written messages from you joining the conversation. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production hosted by Sarah True and me, Sarah Gross. Our awesome editor is Aaron Hamilton and our producer is Taylor Mahan Rudolph. Sarah, last week we did uh, the, what was it? Grossly True segment where you told us um, two truths and a lie. Yep. (laughs) And it it turned out you didn't wear the onesie for two days. Um, So now I'm going to do Truly Gross, but my uh, truths and, (laughs) wait, my truths and lie are all gross. So the segment is called Truly Gross. (laughs) Are these all things that happened within the last week? No, no. <laughs> These are that would be funny. I, you can see you can see them in front of you, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> like, That'd be a terrible week. <laughs> that would be a really bad week. Um, <laughs> okay, these are all because I had to think of. Actually, I had a moment where I'm like, should I share these things with the world? Because they are truly gross. <laughs> um, but I'm going for it. Okay, so audience, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, here we go. These are three gross thi- th- th- things, and one of them is a lie. Okay. Number one, I shot myself during Iron Man, but at least I won. Number two, I had a sinus infection so bad that pus came, like, squirting out of my eyes. Three, I puked while collecting a stool sample from my daughter. So... Those are the three. (laughs) Can't wait to see the Instagram poll on this one. (laughs) Um, Sarah, do you have any guesses? Am I allowed to guess? Yeah, I'm not going to tell you the answer, but. Did I let you guess last time? No, you don't have to guess if you don't want to. 
I think two and three are, are real. Okay. I, th- I Basically, I'm saying I think you have excellent bowel control. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to elaborate on these <laughs> gross stories next week. Um, okay, so yeah, let us know which ones you think. Watch for that poll on our Instagram, at If We Were Writing. And thanks, Sarah. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Thank you, Sarah. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.